At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Hello, Baptist Health Talk podcast listeners. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco. I'm a preventative cardiologist and certified lipid specialist at Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute and Chief Population Health Officer at Baptist Health South Florida. In today's podcast, we're talking about taking your medications. Whether you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or a strep throat, the medicine your doctor prescribes can help you if you don't take it or if you take it incorrectly. Sounds pretty obvious, right? Well, apparently it's not. According to the Centers for Disease Control, between 20 to 30% of new prescriptions are never filled at the pharmacy. And they estimate the medications not taken as prescribed an astounding 50% of the time. What's going on here? Why are these numbers causing alarm among doctors and pharmacists? And what can we do to help people stick to their correct medication routines? We're going to shine some light on this phenomenon with the help of my guest, Sarah Eltaki, PharmD, clinical pharmacist with Baptist Health. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you, Jonathan. Happy to be here. So I think before we get into the uh, educational components regarding the medications, let's educate people about the role of a clinical pharmacist. Tell us what your education was and what the role of the clinical pharmacist is in our healthcare delivery system. Sure. So as a, as a pharmacist in general, um, as of early 2000s, all of us receive a doctorate in pharmacy. So we go to school right after um, you know, your undergrad education for four years, most of us. Some of us go through accelerated programs, but mostly four years, get our doctorate degree. There's the option to go through residency training, so postgraduate training to be specific for um, you know, clinical practice, meaning I see a patient, I hear a disease state, I learn about all their medications and, and help basically stand by your prescribers, your physicians, nurse practitioners to come up with the best uh, regimens for the patient. Um, so that really kind of lends itself into being a clinical pharmacist. We're much more than that lick, stick and pour. A lot of people think pharmacists are. Um, we stand by the prescribers, we go through the patient's regimens, and we say what is best given their labs, given their history. Um, we, we really are the medication experts, and, and we help out with that component of patient care. And again, the clinical component is the unique component, as you mentioned, you're part of the care team of the patient direct patient contact, reviewing what's prescribed, what their other needs are, and making sure that we get the best outcome for that patient, which is- Absolutely, yeah, we're, we're right there by bedside, pre-COVID, but right there by bedside, and, yes. And in and, and the, and the offices as well, it's you know not just the hospital, again, we have clinical pharmacists as part of our teams in our ambulatory space. Correct, so, yeah. So, so one of the benefits of a clinical pharmacist, there are many, has to do with medication adherence, the patient's likelihood to take medications. Let's, let's talk about this medication adherence concept. It's part of quality measures from insurance companies. It's, it's something doctors may not think about. They think I prescribed the medication, patient walks out the door, everything's done, everything's great, and then we get the outcome we want. What, what, what are the components of, of, first, what is medication adherence? And then what are the components that may, may lead to decreased adherence by a patient? Absolutely. So medication adherence is how do you take your medications? Now, I want to take a step back because there is a different word that a lot of people use, which is medication compliance. I personally do not like that word because it's a very one-sided word. Um, what I mean by that is 
a lot of people say, well, my doctor told me to take it like this, so I have to take it like this. Well, there's a two-sided component to adherence. It's not only that the prescriber is telling you to take it, but how are you as the patient able to take a medication? So that being said, what it's, adherence it's, it is- It is a softer term. It's a softer term. We're not mandating. It's a patient-doctor decision, but I agree with you. Adherence is a better term. Yeah. It's a definitely, it's a softer term because it's it's it's- taking into consideration you as the patient and how you're able to take a med as well as the, what the prescriber needs you to take to get better. Um, so ad medication adherence is just that it's, are you taking the medication as prescribed to help you get better? Um, sounds very simple, as you said, in your instructions, but it isn't. Um, it tends to, patients tend to kind of, life gets in the way. You know, you, you go out for a walk and then you go see family members and then you say, oops, I forgot my medication at home. I'll take it later. Um, and then you forget to take it later because you're taking care of a baby or your family member or whatever it might be. So um, I medication adherence is really tricky and it actually lends itself to additional issues in your health if you don't take your medications as prescribed. And, and we see, you know, medication adherence, again, doctor, patient decide, the patient will take the medication, desired outcome. Sometimes they don't even refill the medications, right? Isn't that something mm -hmm. we see as well? Can we speak to? Yeah. So that's a very common issue. There's actually a terminology for that that's called pay, uh, prescription abandonment. Um, <clears throat> the reason that happens is, is multifactorial, meaning there's several issues <laughs> that lend itself. It's not... How many times have you heard a patient say, I just don't want to take a medication? There usually is something behind that. Um, so a lot of it, probably the biggest one is financial barriers, either that the medication is too expensive um, and that they can't afford it or to the patient, you know, they have, they're on 15 of them and three of them are for the same, you know, same reason, let's say heart failure, um, they say, oh, well, why do I need to take three of these meds? Well, they all work differently. So it's, it's an education of why to take the medication. Um, and, all, and that leads into, when I said the 15, the amount of medications a patient is taking. So sometimes when you take more, it may make you feel funny or you don't feel like you should be taking that many. Uh, and then I've had several patients who actually split up their medications multiple times a day because they feel like I can't, I shouldn't be taking 15 at a time. And so there's a lot of educational um, opportunities to help patients kind of get uh, to start taking medications appropriately. Um, so, to help so, them. so those are again, great points and things we see in practice. So now let's walk through kind of a patient experience. Okay. Sure. Patient arguably to be given a prescription, whether it's, for a long period of time or, or a certain time period, it's to make something better or mm -hmm. to prevent something, right? Um, as a preventive cardiologist, we ask people to take medications. They're feeling fine. They can say, why am I taking this pill? I feel okay. The goal is so you don't feel poorly in the future with something that we could avoid like a stroke or heart attack. So now a patient's meeting a doctor and through an evaluation, the doctor feels the patient may benefit from medication. What are the questions that we would recommend the patient ask of the doctor when a prescription is being given to better understand the reason for the medication to be more adherent? What would, the, what would we recommend that the patients ask doctors when they're, when they're being given a prescription? So I think one of the biggest assumptions that's made when picking a prescription is that 
a lot of prescriptions are once a day. Um, there are several medications that are actually twice a day. And I think one of the first questions the patient should ask if they're concerned about how many times a day they have to take a medication is, how many times a day do I have to take this? Um, is it something that, you, what are the side effects is probably the next biggest question that you need to ask because if you're prepared for it or if it's something that you're willing to experience to help with the disease state that you have, then that's, some, that's an, uh, the conversation that's that you need to too. have. Yes, and, absolutely. And then, so, so arguably, and I think the, the, uh, you're right with those questions. If there's a feeling that a person would benefit from being on a medication, that doc, the doctor should explain that to the patient. You have this, we're looking to achieve this or looking to prevent this. And this medication has been shown to be helpful. So then the patient will say, yeah, but what are the side effects? What are the negatives? And right. that should be the conversation. Does the benefit of the medication outweigh the negative? Even just paying for it's a negative. Remembering to take it is a negative. So we have to, we have to make sure that the benefit outweighs those negatives. And again, when people are aware of the side effects, I think that's a great point. So they can be prepared and arguably, as a prescriber of medications, sometimes we tell people, will I get that? And it's, we don't know. Try it. Let's yeah. see what happens. Come back. We'll review because it's, it's not everyone gets every side effect. So that's great. What about, what about um, should all medicines be taken on an empty stomach? Should they all be taken in the morning? How about, um, you know, what are, the, what are the things you want to look at, at the, with those terms? So with medications, it's really interesting. There's so much study and research behind medications. They don't all work the same. So some medications you take on an empty stomach for it to work better. Some medications you take with food for it to work better. Some medications in the morning um, work better. Some medications at night work better. So it really depends on the medication. So that's a conversation a patient or you as a patient should have with your prescriber to figure out what is the best timing of that medication. Equally, you can talk to your pharmacist about that information as well. So I, I do think that's a great role for the clinical pharmacist because again, as a prescriber, I'll just add another medication. I won't get into when are you, when are you already taking, when are you taking them? And arguably our prescription regimen could be every three hours they pop in a pill. And I think part of the clinical pharmacist role, part of it, because it's obviously much component is Let's go through your medications. Maybe you take these together in the morning and these at night. Maybe you, you, you know, take these before breakfast so it's not confusing to the patient. The more medications, the more times to take it, the less likely they'll be adherent. So I think that's really important. And uh, I don't really get patients asking me that all that much. I'm, I'm proactive, but it, when do I take it? Is it with food or without food? You know, should I take this at night? And I think those are really important considerations when a medication is being prescribed, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the bottles that you get from the pharmacy usually come with labels, but those labels are, you know, a lot of 10, some of the times there are three or four of them at once and you can't really distinguish what's what. So if you're ever confused, call up your local pharmacy, talk to the pharmacist and ask them, can you give me a little bit more information about this medication? And they're fully equipped to give you that information. Absolutely. That's, that's a great recommendation as well. It's a, a nice resource is to call the pharmacist. So let's talk about the consequences again. Um, a, a physician and a patient decide that a medication is indicated. Um, it should be determined what's the purpose of it. How about what are the more common reasons people will, well, let me rephrase that. What are the more common ways we can determine if a medication has a bad effect? We know you'll feel something when you're on a medication because we're feeling something all the time. Was it the medication that caused it? So how do you work with people who have a medication if they 
if their pinky itches or they feel nauseated three days later or they find that they get up in the middle of the night, how can we assess whether it's a medication or coincidental and not the medication? Well, I think that's kind, that's, of a, kind of a loaded question. I know it, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, but here, I'll try to answer as best as I can. So I think a lot of that has to do with just monitoring. Um, first of all, actually education. So when a patient gets the medication, education is really the biggest tool you can give to a patient, whether, um, you know, if you're really good with listening to someone tell you something that tell at, ask them, say, Hey, can you just tell me what this medication is about? I have all this written paperwork and I'm not going to read it. That's, that's kind of the biggest assumption is, Oh, you have all these papers, read it. But anyway, so education is the biggest thing that we could do for the patients first is that we, we educate, we talk to them we say, Hey, these are your common side effects. These are common. These are going to very likely happen, but remember it's not it's not detrimental in a way if it is, but then there's rare and serious complications. If you do experience these, don't pass, go call your prescriber. Um, and I think that that is the biggest thing that we can start with, with the patient. So arming them with that information up front kind of makes them more vigilant of their own health and say, wait a minute. I remember someone telling me that when I take this medication, it's going to cause me to cough. Now, all of a sudden I have a cough. Okay. But let me, let me, but now it bothers me. So it, it's bothering me. Let me talk to my prescriber right. and see if there's an alternative medication that I can take. So I think, you know, those points are well taken. It doesn't mean the side effects are dangerous or life-threatening. Of course, if you have your tongue swelling and you can't breathe, you know, you don't mess around. Um, and I think I want to get to allergies in a second. Um, but because a side effect may happen, doesn't mean you're going to get it. It's, it's probabilities. And I always, it's always remarkable to me in the clinical trials where they give a group of people a medicine and give a similar group of people, a placebo, a sugar pill, the amount of side effects of the placebo, right? You know, 20% complained of, I couldn't sleep and 10% complained of diarrhea. They're getting a sugar pill, which means things happen, but we attribute it to the medication that might have nothing to do with the medication. So that's right. where we have to look at the probabilities and the more common side effects. Um, and again, that's the conversation to have with, uh, again, your doctor, your, your nurse practitioner, or your clinical pharmacist who's on your care team. Um, so I've had a lot of patients come in and we may want to prescribe a medication. They say, well, I'm allergic to that medication. Well, what happened? Well, five years ago, they gave me a similar medication and, you know, I had an upset stomach. Can you talk a little bit about an allergy to a medication or a family, in which case we will not use that family of medications versus, you know, an intolerance or, or some other um, type of side effect? So whenever a patient thinks that they have an allergy, what we always encourage is tell us about it. Tell us what you have experienced with the medication. Um, the reason being is that it gives us good insight to what might have happened. Something that might not seem like a big deal to the patient might actually be a big deal in terms of an allergy. Um, I'll give a really good example. Um, statins, which is a medication for cholesterol. If someone said, oh, I had muscle aches with that, that to someone might not seem like a big deal, but that is actually a really big deal and we would not want to use that medication. So we always encourage, tell us about that, tell us about your reactions. But on the flip side, we, we don't want to exclude a medication from using it like an antibiotic, per, let's say, because it ends up, we, we end up losing an entire class of medication that we could potentially use to treat a disease state. 
by reporting or falsely or over-reporting an allergy to a medication. So, right, and, so- and the, that's, that's great. The allergy symptoms, swollen tongue, you know, difficulty breathing, you know, wheezing, um, rashes. Uh, right. Those are things that arguably would be reproducible if you gave the medication again or the family. But if you had an intolerance, something happened to you, that doesn't mean you couldn't use another medication in the family with a better outcome. So uh, I, again, I think that's a great way to, uh, to, to explain it. Um, what about the difference between taking a medication and what, what is the difference between a prescribed medication and let's say a dietary supplement, something, you know, you have an issue, you go into one of the dietary supplement stores and you buy something to treat a medical condition, which of course they're not indicated for. Talk a little bit about what the safety and what the data behind a prescribed medication is. Oh, this is, this is one of my favorite things to tackle when well, go with it man go with it <laughs> especially when when talking with patients the the one of the first things that come out um is oh i want to take a dietary supplement because it's Something more natural, natural. Right, right, yes, right. exactly it's more natural that might be the case but natural doesn't mean safe um especially with natural products there's no regulation behind safety and efficacy so they will market a product and no, and actually, if you notice in their marketing, they can never say it, what it's for, right? They can say it's for bone health, but they won't say it will, t- it can treat. That can't treat a medical condition, right? Yeah. Right. It doesn't treat a medical condition, but they can tell you this will be for some health, this health, bone health, eye health, you know, and right. the reason being is that it hasn't gone, gone through the stringent regulations and testing that prescription medications has gone through. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're all bad. How this is where I always come and this is where I stop and pause and say, if it's something that is of importance to my patient who wants to take it, I just request that you tell me about it because there are a lot of drug interactions between your prescribed medications and those. I think that's, so, you know, I, I tell people again, you know, arsenic is natural. Cyanide <laughs> is natural. I mean, this feeling that because it's natural, it's safer. And pretty much every medication was derived from some natural substance, which had a, a physiological effect. And then it's been purified and, you know, tested and regulated. So you're getting the benefits of the natural substance, but in a regulated, safe way, which is, you know, sometimes lost um, with people. So I, 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 again, appreciate that. Um couple of final moments. Again, there's so much we can go on regarding medications and, and how they're used and how they should be used and sometimes how they're not used. And we do want to recognize that sometimes a medication is prescribed inappropriately. So it is okay for the patient to challenge the doctor and say, why are you giving this to me? What are we looking for? Um, but a couple of families of medications I just want to emphasize. Um, and I want to start with the anticoagulants, for example, because obviously if someone has a need for an anticoagulation medicine to prevent a stroke, you know, they may bleed a little bit, but obviously the stroke risk without the medicine is higher than the bleeding risk. So sometimes people will take like half the dose. Is, is half the dose half as dangerous? Is, is twice the dose twice as effective if you have a benefit? Can you talk a little bit about dosing and maybe speak at anticoagulants in particular, uh, if that's relevant? Yeah, sure. So with anticoagulants, they're, they're blood thinners. That's really what that class of medication is. So I know when I was going through pharmacy school, I was like, blood thinners, what does that actually mean? Your blood is, how did, how can you thin out your blood? But all that really means is that your, your blood won't 
clot as much or as well as it used to, which helps prevent things like strokes or clots in your veins. Um, there's a lot of new medications that are out that are twice a day, like you mentioned. And, and there's obviously a lot of risk factors with blood thinners. So if you cut yourself, you find that you might bleed a little bit longer. And, um, but you do stop bleeding. You but just you do bleed eventually longer. Stop right, exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's you not can that pull you a tooth on blood thinners. They will stop bleeding. Yeah, they will, just, you, you will stop bleeding a bit. <laughs> but right. it, it, it just takes a little bit longer. That's, that's just, that's one of the pieces of education that we give. But um, some of them come as twice a day. Taking it once a day, it, it actually is detrimental because it's not working the way it should work. We need your blood to be a certain level of thin is the best way I can describe this in order for us to prevent those clots. So taking it once a day is not going to be safer for you. Be just so the side effects of the med potential side effects of the medication. If anything, your blood might not be as thin as it should be. It may to, not work at all, quite frankly. If you really, as yeah, saying, that's between you absorbing it, getting at the level in your blood, if you take less than the, the, the um, established dose, you may get no function. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and without getting really too technical, there, there's something called a therapeutic window. Basically, there's a bottom of it, which is where the minimally effective dose or dosing or, or of the medication works. And then there's a top of the window, which is the, it's still effective and safe. So that's a therapeutic window. When we dose medications, multiple times a day, it's in order for us to keep that level within that window. So when someone takes something once a day, we're basically going up into the therapeutic window and then coming back down out of the therapeutic window. So now it's not being effective at all. And then what ends up happening is that you take it again, you kind of maybe spike back up into the therapeutic window, but come back out. So taking it two at a time, what ends up, if let's say in the opposite, you forgot to take it at night and now you wake up the next morning and say, oh shoot, I forgot to take it. You're going to actually spike don't, a blood. Don't do that. Don't, don't double your dose. Do right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. Don't you forget. Yeah. yeah. So you actually have the potential of going into a risk area outside of that therapeutic window. So the reality so, is, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. So I'm saying, so the reality is take it as prescribed if you yes. find it's difficult for you to take it as prescribed because you're forgetting yes. or you're feeling issue, speak to the doctor, speak to your pharmacist. Don't make the decisions on your own to change the timing or the frequency or the dosing because that could have negative consequences. Correct. And, and to that point, again, and I want to get to two other points, um, speak a little bit about what happens if someone does miss a dose of a medication. I mean, you know, these things are meant to help people over time periods. It's, you know, it's not going to the emergency. Well, I'll leave it to you. What, do you. what if someone misses a dose of medication? So my rule of thumb, actually, I think not my rule of thumb, but really the rule of thumb is that if wherever you are closest to in Windows. So what I mean by that is if you take a medication once a day, you basically have a 12 hour window because you cut that 12, 24 hours in half, right? So if your next dose is if you forgot a dose and you're within a 12 hour frame from the, when you were supposed to take it, you go ahead and you can take it and just continue taking it as you were. However, if you are outside of that window, don't take it, just skip that dose, go to the next dose. 
what you don't want to do is to have that double up effect. So that's kind of the rule of thumb. If you're close enough to when you were supposed to take it, go ahead and take it. Right. If right. you're too far out, don't take it. Right. Um, and you're not going to arguably drop dead if you don't take a medication. No, okay. no. So uh, my last question, um, um, and I'm, I'm challenging my producer, Carol Higgins, I think this should be a follow-up podcast, has to do with antibiotics. And we, we're not going to talk about the overprescription of antibiotics. That might be a different discussion. But what is the danger if someone has a course of antibiotics because they don't feel well, and within a few days, they feel better and stop the antibiotics before they complete the course? What's the importance of that three, seven, 10-day course to continue it even after your symptoms might have abated? So with antibiotics or with any sort of infection, a lot of the times we do feel better, but the infection is still brewing within us. Um, if we stop taking an antibiotic before it's supposed to be over, and, and but just because we feel better, that, that bug that's still sitting inside of you is smart. It's a very smart bug. And it says, oh, I, I see that thing that just killed all my friends. I'm going to now arm myself to not get killed by that. And that's what causes resistance to an antibiotic. So the, the, when we as healthcare professionals are constantly pushing, make sure you finish your course of antibiotics. That's the reason why we're trying to prevent antibiotic resistance with antibiotic resistance. We then truly eliminate an entire class of antibiotics that we can't use to now treat what used to be a simple infection. So similarly, complete the course or discuss with your doctor if it's something that you're you're having trouble with. Absolutely. Well, this was this was great stuff. Um, I'm Sarah again. Thanks for lending your time and more importantly, I guess your expertise. Um, there's a lot of other things, a lot of other roads we can go down. I think maybe discussing uh, down the road how people who have to take care of elderly or family members how they can kind of work with antibiotics and very, I mean with the medications and various other components. Um, but for right now, anything you want to add before we wrap up or anything you want to reiterate um, um, that we did discuss? Just, you know, for, for the healthcare consumers out there, uh, you really trust in your pharmacist. They are your most accessible healthcare professionals. Um, there's a lot of training that goes into our knowledge base and, and really if they have any questions, you can always start there. And if it's something that they're not able to answer, they will definitely tell you to go talk to your prescriber. So that would be my last piece. And, and again, uh, as we incorporate clinical pharmacists into our care teams more and more, this will be a great education service to patients when they get put on antibiotics past just the doctor or the nurse practitioner prescribing it. So, so great stuff. Uh, listeners, again, ask questions. Nothing wrong with that of your care provider or even the pharmacist. Education is critical. Um, you know, Try not to make decisions on your own in terms of when to take medications and how much to take. Don't go looking for side effects, but if you do feel something that you think is related to the medication, feel free to follow up with your provider and, uh, and discuss it. Um, thanks for listening. Um, as usual, if you have any thoughts, ideas for future topics or any other concerns, please email us at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. That's baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.